Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Hey, everybody, it's Nicole Palizzi, but you may know me as Snooki from MTV's Jersey Shore. I totally feel like Snooki doesn't exist anymore, so I want you guys to get to know Nicole. Download my new podcast, Naturally Nicole, at podcastone.com. A lot has changed in my life with becoming a mother, getting married, losing weight, being fit. So be a part of my new, fantastic, fabulous world. Download Naturally Nicole every Tuesday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with Matt Bronger. Hello, Matt. Hi, Allison. Very exciting to have you on the show. Oh, thanks. Now, I thought you had been on the Adam Carolla show before when mm-hmm. I was here, but I'm guess- but, but you said no, which no. means have we not actually not ever met in person? No, I don't think we have. I've just, you know... Uh, we've uh, been on tweet chains we've together. been on tweet chains yes I think you're very funny online I and think I'm, you're funny online oh, and on TV and everywhere you. and Thanks. you guys I'm sure know Matt Bronger from his many things on well you I, you just popped up in something I was watching recently you played a somewhat curt veterinarian uh, Marin. is that Marin? I was yes. on Marin. Yeah. so you're in a bunch of stuff so I'm sure they know you from all that but they <laughs> also know you from the podcast Ding Donger with Matt Bronger Although I didn't know you from that, right. which is horrible. Well, uh, it's horrible. Like it's not like this, where like you have more than like five hundred listeners. You know what I mean? Like mine. I don't know how many people listen to mine. Maybe I mean, a couple thousand. Like it. Yeah. But like it's not. Uh, I'm not really known for for that. I've got to know? admit, I've, I haven't listened yet, but. That's the first podcast where I was cruising iTunes, and the name itself made me laugh. Thanks. That's yeah. actually yeah. It was because I, I just wanted a thing. My whole concept for it is uh, like I'm I'm hitchhiking into like your iPod or your car or whatever. Because I li- I listen to podcasts. This is going to sound incredibly pathetic and sad, but uh, for company. Uh, sometimes I don't think that sounds when I'm sad. On the road. That's my whole thing. I'm yeah. like, I'm your new best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So my thing is at the beginning of mine is, hey, thanks for picking me up, and then I just talk about whatever you know I, my topics are, and then at the end I'm like, this is me, and I hop out. <laughs> so it's it's uh, uh, that's that's the whole concept of it. But yeah, the, when I was coming up with names, I was just I was like, I just wanted to be as stupid as possible. 
and uh, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. And I love uh, it, my, Matt Dwyer, buddy of mine, we used to have a podcast together called Matt's Radio, and he's he's called me Donger forever. You know, like he doesn't even call me Bronger anymore. He's like, "Where's Donger?" Like to people. So <laughs> I like it. Just I feel like the, the man. not enough people do silly, absurd type stuff. Like TJ Miller is all about that. <laughs> too. Yes, yes. Well, he was the first when I texted the name, and he was like, "That's gold." And I was like, "All right. Well, if you if you think it's funny, then good." And I yeah. like that it's a nod to hitchhiking, a thing that people probably don't even remember and, <laughs> and can be the end of your life. Yes, yes. Depending on where you do it, um, it can be uh, horrifically dangerous. Have you ever hitchhiked? Yeah. Uh, there's a place in uh, – I'm from the northwest. And there's a place called the San Juan Islands off of uh, Washington that sounds very exotic, but there's nothing but white people there. And uh, <laughs> you – it sounds like it's in, it's in Mexico, right? Right. But it's not. And uh, there's this little island there that's just beautiful and they all – uh, everybody hitchhikes there. Like if cars are driving by, because there's no buses, so it's just like, oh, where are you going? The only other town? Hop in, you know. So, but in terms of just regular like street hitching, no, mm-hmm. I've not done a lot of that. Now, were you raised hearing what I was raised hearing, which is never, ever, ever hitchhike, never pick up anyone, mm-hmm. and just don't trust any anyone ever. Well, yeah, just it's just it's generally a bad idea, and I think you kind of learn that uh, as a kid seeing. Hate to say it, but the, the the hitcher, the type of person that's hitching, you're like, well, that's that one. That person's scary. And they, right. have, they have dull, dead eyes, kind of thing. You rarely see. Oh, yeah, that guy looks like he's got his his stuff together. Let me pick <laughs> right. him up. Yeah. And if you did, if you did see a guy in like a three piece suit hitchhiking, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's part of the con. Right. Oh, it'd be almost scarier. Yeah. You're like, wait, what happened? You know, and when where'd you get? Yeah, uh, that confidence to just go like, yeah, I'm gonna do. It. Yeah, I wrecked my Bentley. Sure. I'm a little <laughs> right. drunk, but... Right. A yeah. little short on cash. I've always depended on the kindness of strangers, and so... People driving Priuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to need to do that. So how did you get into comedy? Uh, I was, uh, I was a, uh, a little an actor growing up, you know, just doing little plays and like a m- little bit... In, well, I started in grade school and then middle school, high school, and uh, went to college for that. Where'd you go to um, college? Uh, Manhattanville College, like a tiny liberal arts college in, in Purchase, New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, wow. So, okay, so you grew up in Portland, mm-hmm. and then you went all the way yeah, across. Yeah. My, my fr- friend's dad gave me some great advice where he's like, if you're going anyway, go as far as possible so you can that's, get perspective. That's smart. Yeah, and I, I never regretted it. It's, it's great because now I have friends on both coasts, and, and it's awesome. And I basically went to uh, Chicago after that and got into just doing improv uh, and then then from there got into stand-up because mm-hmm. you kind of once you start doing comedy you start meeting people from all kinds of sides of the tracks and um, I was a waiter so I met people that were already doing it and stuff like that so you right. know these, these, uh, these transient jobs you have that's where you meet all your performer pals you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you started doing plays and things when you were in grade school though like, well fifth grade very end grade, what, was, grade school. what was your first play it's called The Villain in the Toy Shop I played the villain so that kind of spoiled me. I got cast as the lead in my very first thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all downhill from there. <laughs> Just all. <laughs> what kind of villain were you? Oh, the, the, the top hat and the mustache and the cape. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, the kind that was like tying, tying chicks to the train tracks. Yeah, the yeah. worst kind. Did you mm-hmm. get typecast at all in your school? Mm, yeah. I mean, I think everyone was already afraid of me. Uh, no, no, I don't know. I think they just picked me because I had dark hair. Yeah, you know? I don't even know why. So, yeah. it, is that the first thing that you wanted? Like when when you thought, "What I want to be when I grow up?" Did you want to be an actor? Yeah. Well, I got it was one of those things. Where I was like, "Oh, people they do that." And I, my parents were very uh, supportive of the arts, and we'd go to see plays, and you know, a lot of stuff they take me to is like not age appropriate. You know, stuff about the the struggles in Northern Ireland <laughs> and people coming on stage with blood all over themselves and. 
Um, My uh, mom but- took me to about last night when I was like. I don't know, eight or something. Whoa! Yeah, I didn't understand most of it. That, that, with the movie? Yes, the movie. Okay. Well, right. I, I was I thought because it, it's based on a uh, a play called uh, Oh, that's right. I Sexual forgot. Perversity in Chicago. I think it's called. Yes, I had forgotten that it's Mamet. based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but, the movie but, with Demi Moore and still, Rob Lowe. <laughs> still, there's a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. In that movie, yeah, like when, that's kind of weird when you're just watching like, oh, one night stand seems so sad. Right. They don't love each other like mommy and daddy. I don't think I got it. I uh, think I think I. I mean, it was just there's so much. It's like a pretty racy movie, mm-hmm. so I just think I didn't understand what most of it was about. And yeah. in fact, I remember as we went in, a woman tried to warn my mom. Oh. Because she was with, I don't know if I was eight, I don't know how old I was, but it was me and my little sister, my mom. And a woman tried to say, you know, this this movie has a lot of like adult material. And I think my mom was like, oh, this town and these prudes. But ha. I don't know how she actually felt. But so anyway, yeah. but you were watching stuff about struggles in Northern Ireland. Well, that was like one example. I just remember the, it was a whole scene where they um, – it was like these these – Irish guys were like just get the British soldiers out of the out of the club out of the out of the, out of the dance club, and uh, we're just gonna beat them up, you know, kind of you know lure them out, and so then it, you know the stage goes black and there's a stumping dance music, and then the lights come up, and there's a theater where it would, like they can seat maybe thirty people, and I think we're in the front row, and this woman she had a white dress, the lights come up, and her white dress just soaked in blood, and she just screams at the top of her lungs like in my face, where you're like oh they murdered those guys and Jeez. it's all over her, and I just remember. Uh, driving home with my parents and just being like, um, can we curse on this or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just being like, you guys fucking, you got problems. This is, fu- I shouldn't have fucking seen that. And they're just laughing, like driving <laughs> and being like, well, that was a bad call. That was horrifying. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm getting nightmares. You're probably going to be, oh, Jesus. That's funny that you knew that it was somewhat inappropriate already. Yeah. Well, they already, there, there's a movie my mother took me to, um, and she used to teach at PSU at Portland State University. And, uh, her and her students went to this movie and me and my friend Eli came and it was a movie called Suburbia and it was uh, it was well before that one that Eric Bogosian wrote about those kids hanging out in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. This one was about uh, a bunch of punk rock kids that lived in a beat up old house. It's a really screwed up movie and there's a, the, the first scene in the movie, there's a, one of the plot points is a pack of wild dogs running around uh, in this desolate suburban area and this this mother, her, her car breaks down, and she's got like a, a little toddler daughter, and she goes to use this, those phones that you walk off the highway towards, mm-hmm. and she gets to it, and there's a dog just sitting there growling, and you see the little girl crying, and the dog just picks up the kid and just kills it. That's the first oh. scene in the movie, and I'm watching it you know, with him, and it's like, then the credits start, and we're both like, that, that's the worst thing I've ever seen, and then you know, there's a... There's a scene in the club where they don't they don't rape this girl, but they tear her clothes off, and they're all yelling at her, and she's naked. And I was just like, "This is so." You must have been afraid destroying. of clubs after the play and this movie. I wasn't because this was like the '80s, and we we saw punk rock kids all the time, so we already thought they were weird. <laughs> we were like, "Oh, that's what they do," you know. <laughs> but there are nice ones in the movie, you know. Yeah. And there's weird, you know. They weren't like evil. That was just like this. Anyway, uh, but. I just remember her students after the show were accosting her. Were like, I can't believe you brought your son to this. Like, I can't. What was her reaction? It. She's like, Oh, relax. Like, he's fine. You know. So, what and I your, was. It didn't really scar me. What were your parents like? My parents are um, super fun and super smart, and um, basically came from. My dad came from a huge family, and my mom came from a, a, a brother and she had a brother and sister. Um, and uh, she's from Chicago. My dad's from Sioux City, Iowa. And they both just got into education. They met teaching at the same high school uh, just outside of Chicago. And, uh, yeah, then they're great. They're great. So your mom teaches at Portland State University. No, she's retired now. Oh, she's retired. But she did. What she did, did she teach? Uh, English. 
She's a she's got a doctorate in English. And mm-hmm. what did you? And did your dad continue teaching for? No, a while? he went into administration. He became like a student management specialist, which means like the Punisher, and then uh, vice principal, then a principal. Oh know? wow, mm-hmm. a principal of of uh, high school, high or? school, and uh, he did a, a, a K through five, K through three, and a junior high. And did he he retired when he retired. He was a vice principal. Did you go to the school that he was principal? No, at? I I went to the middle school that he was. The uh, the student management specialist of the year after he left, mm. you know, because it's like you can't be the son of the disciplinarian and go to that school. You know, what will happen to you if you do? It'll it just it make it you're either, you have to be made an example of right. if you do stuff, you know, and 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 I, I don't think he was comfortable with it because I was I was at a different middle school before that, um, but I wanted to go to that one, mm-hmm. you know, but. Yeah, I wonder. I've always wondered what that's like for kids whose parents are teachers, especially mm-hmm. if they're teachers at the same school. Because in a yeah. way, because I there was a lot of mystique around teachers. Yeah. If I remember when I was little, like I remember, you know, I would see the music teacher out at brunch or something, and it was so weird to realize like she's someone's mom and she has a first name, and just yeah. to see her not in her teacher role. Mm-hmm. So I feel like to be to have teachers as parents, that's like it's like you're really close to. A celebrity at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have siblings? Nope. Just Only me. child. That's it. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it taught me how to make friends. You know, anytime you go to a new school, you kind of learn how to talk to other kids and make them laugh and stuff. Probably develop my personality in ways I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I always. You know, it's one of those things where you, you don't even think about it. It's just like having a sibling. I'm sure you just don't think about the fact that, yeah, sure, I have this, this person mm-hmm. that I, you know. That I have a, 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 a unbreakable bond with and all that stuff, and I don't know. It's it's you know I kind of made it a point to have really good, lasting personal relationships. Like I have friends I've had since I was a, a kid and stuff. So, but there's also a, a massive amount of self centeredness, which I think is why I'm a stand up. You know, like that's one reason I got into it because it's like that's the thing about being an only child. You're like, dig me. You're like, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? What about this guy though? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 so so yeah, it, it it's it's fine. I will say, you know, there's no blaming anything on anybody else. It's like, yeah, you broke the lamp. There's no, you're it, you know. Right. But uh, that's probably a good thing because I probably would have been that shitty kid that was just like, no, like it was Sarah. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and I had that thing sometimes where I'm just like, me being the only kid my parents have. Like I don't have any children, and you know, I wonder if I ever will. I don't know. You know, but it's one of those things where I'm just like, fuck, I guess they should have had someone else too if they really wanted that, you know. But also by me, uh, you know, you have that thing of like, oh, I couldn't have that that one that one sibling that's just a doctor and is amazing. And so I can kind of fuck up, you know, a little more. Or the one <laughs> Right, the heat's on you. Yeah. Or the one that's like a massive burnout, you know. So but you know, I I think having having cousins on drugs probably helps. <laughs> You're so lucky. Just too much. <laughs> um, do you have trouble not taking things personally? I mean, I think huh. every everything every human being yeah. does. But I, my my chain of thought was I was thinking, oh, you didn't experience that kind of deeply upsetting thing that first kids do, which is realizing that oh, there's someone else your parents love in that same way, and what the hell, and what the hell is that? Yeah. But at the same time, it would be I would think it'd be hard for an only child to like accept that sometimes it's not about you yeah oh sure yeah i mean it's there is that 
what about me kind of thing. Um, especially in this freaking business yeah. where you know how it is. You'll see like someone, oh, why is that person? But Well, I mean, you- full disclosure, before the, be, before the show we were talking about appearances on another show and I, and I had – I mean it, Meltdown is way too strong. But I had a tiny <laughs> bit of a like a <laughs> pang of, wait a minute. Why didn't they call me? What? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, totally. But that is this business. But there's there, yeah. The thing is, it's you cannot ever take it personally because you just don't. But like, put it this way: when I had uh, a pilot um, uh, for a while at Comedy Central uh, about a couple of years ago, like you know, I was involved in everything, including the casting. And you'd bring people in, and you'd be like, "Oh, they're so good," but no, nah, like this, it's just this guy has a little bit. It's just like. You just do is what you can and you cer- walk out, you know? Would you – it like when you were in the position of doing the casting, right. is it a certain ineffable quality or is it like, no, that person looks wrong? Sometimes it's they just look wrong. But it's not like the whole – I'm right. I've met some real bitter people uh, in Hollywood. There are a few. Um, oh. Wait. You must – there must be some weird bitter bar that you go to because yeah. everyone I meet is yeah. really – has a great attitude and they're just happy for other no, people. No, yeah. Bob's Bitter Bar and Grill. Uh, it's it's – <laughs> Mile, two miles away in Burbank. The food um, is awful. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's right it's... next to residuals. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, uh, who was this guy was like, oh yeah, they they know if they want you the minute you get in the room, and it's like maybe that's true if they're just like, we want uh, albino an albino Samoan, you know, like sure, <laughs> right? There's one there's person one. in the world that they're going to cast. Yeah, but and and but, if they, God forbid, they cast a person with melanin in their skin, it's like taking the jobs away from the albi- you know I mean? albino Samoans, anti-albinoist. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, they um. It, it really comes down to, like, you want a certain thing, but, I mean, with me, I kind of left it a little bit more, more malleable. And I think most people do that, where sometimes, you know, people get cast in a role that they weren't even – they didn't even meet, meet the, 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 uh, the, the breakdown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're 10 years older. They're a different race or whatever because people are like, we like this person. Let's change the character for them. Well, what you I've know? heard – I mean, it seems like so often they're – and this is not just – Acting. This mm. is like it seems like almost every facet of life, including lo- including rom- romantic relationships. People don't always know what they want until right. they it's in front of them. Exactly. So that's what I've heard is yeah. that you know you can go into a room and they think that you're not what they want, but right. then you can blow them away. Well, the guy who uh, uh, you know I don't remember his real name, but Cliff Clavin, the guy who played Cliff Clavin on Cheers, he went in for Norm. And they loved him, but they, you know, they already had uh, George Went, mm-hmm. and they were John uh, Rassenberger. They that, okay, nice. And he, um, he was like, "Wait, what is this show? Like, is this just a bar?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's about a bar and what goes on in it." And he's like, "Oh, so you guys have a bar know it all?" They're like, "What is that?" And he just did Cliff Clavin. Oh, that's amazing. And they were like, "Put it in the script. You're hired." You know, so it just you just never know. That's really cool. So this thing that you were casting, what was that? Uh, it was a pilot that I did with Kyle Kinane, um about. Basically, us working. We both used to work at a um, at a uh, a closed captioning for the hearing impaired place, just watching shows and putting the the words on them. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like you know, basically two idiots getting adventures on the side. And that's what really what our life was like, you know, a couple years before. So, um, yeah. So that was that was there. We did two pilots for that, and then it was a no. But it was a no because. Um, it, it, it cost as much as like Amy Schumer's show and Jeselnik's show. So right. it was kind of, it came down to, they got the two for one. So, you know, true. You know, if I'm, if I'm honest, I can be like, they should have just spent the freaking money. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I get it. When it comes down to math, 
you know, you can't really take it personally. Who was it a pilot for? Uh, Comedy Central. Yeah. And I, and, and I didn't. And I, I don't have any bad blood with them at all. I still do a lot of work with them. So, Do you think possibly that one of the reasons that uh, it didn't go was because your underwear was too old? I mean, has that occurred to you? Um, I mean, how old is your underwear? It hasn't. Well, like right now? Yeah. Um, or, or back then? Both. Right now, uh, I've got, you know, maybe hmm, a couple weeks old underwear on. Oh, which it's, isn't pretty, so, it's fairly fresh. It's pretty fresh. Yeah. It's pretty fresh. You know, you I, had that fresh undie. You know, I mean, scent. Ha- yeah. Well, having having a a, a girlfriend and going, um, you know, into stores more often than oh, this one's rotting off my back. I should buy a new shirt. You know, mm-hmm. shopping with her or right. whatever uh, made me kind of you know get that. We're not together anymore, but it just you know it but makes it makes you a better person. Right. It makes you a better person. Well, you're the exception because a recent survey showed that men keep their underwear for an average of seven years, Good and Lord. women's reaction to this study was yuck. Yeah. Although I mean, some underwear is like vintage underwear. Yeah, I don't think that's true. No. So don't embarrass yourself when you drop your drawers, guys. <laughs> Time that you know about MeUndies.com. MeUndies has the most comfortable underwear you've ever tried. They fit perfectly. They don't ride up. They literally pull moisture away from your skin, so you're cool all day long. And they are made in a small warehouse in Los Angeles, so you're not giving money to big underwear. Yeah. To local. Nice. Best, the best stuff is made locally, I find. Absolutely. I'm sure there's exceptions. But I'm just saying MeUndies is not one of them. Here's the thing. They also make you look great. Go to MeUndies.com and check out the pics of men's underwear and sexy women's lace thongs. Men and women, high-quality materials. For your high-quality materials, if you know what I mean. I'm talking about your junk. At 20 bucks a piece, you can change your underwear more than once every seven years. 20 bucks. that's easily half of what other premium designers charge. And it's money well spent because underwear, if that's uncomfortable or if it's not working out for you, can kind of ruin your day. I'm very particular about it. Uh, and for the U.S. and Canada, shipping is absolutely free. So I will help you out. Go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash Allison. Before September 1st, and you get 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. Remember, before September 1st. Okay. Underwear so. by pirates. Yar. Me undies. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I love it. Couldn't resist. I love that. <laughs> it's perfect. So you were in a relationship, I was. but you're not anymore. No. How recently was all of that? Uh, this year. Yeah. And Early, how long had you guys been together? Two and a half years, but we oh, were friends for years before that. That's kind of a long one. Yeah, it was brutal. What Real happened, brutal. if you don't uh, mind? Uh, I don't want to get into the details, but it, it, just, it just didn't, you know... Uh, I, I yeah, I felt like it wasn't working anymore at the beginning of this year, and then she broke it off, and then we tried again a couple uh, months down the line, and then but it just it just didn't take. But yeah, it was, it were was you guys bad. living together? No. Well, how are you doing? Um, like, how are you feeling about it? You know, I'm 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 okay. I think you know it was it was uh, it was a brutal experience, and I miss her. But you know, it's just it's one of those things where I just didn't uh, didn't see it progressing anymore, and yeah. But, but you know, she was my best friend. So I was like, it was, it was, it sucked to really, to do that to somebody. And I still, you know, I'm not To do that to somebody meaning to break up with them? To break up with them. And I don't think I handled it well. And I, you know, it's, I won't, I won't get into any details and probably stop talking about it now. That's okay. I didn't mean to drop that right there. Uh, If you guys heard that in the background, I didn't uh, uh, drop a a half drank bottle of whiskey or something that I just opened talking about my failed relationship. Is that ice? 
yeah. rolling around there's in there. There's a chunk of ice in, in the teardrop ice water shard. cup. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. That's cold. kind of neat. Yeah. Um, all right. Can we talk about relationships in general? Yes. How are you with relationships in general? I hadn't been in a long-term relationship up until this one for a long, long time, for many years. So, Like how long? Oh, God. Um, since I called someone like, quote, unquote, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. probably almost like a decade. Yeah. Was that – how come? Um, just the combination of not meeting the right person and also just not – not being open to it and not taking a chance. That's really what it came down to. Yeah. Because, you know? yeah, I mean, I know that and, I had a big spell like that and mm-hmm. it was – it was um, by choice and then it became super comfortable mm-hmm. and then I was just like, it's so much easier not having my heart on the line. You get used to it. Yeah. It's really easy to stay clo- to stay a closed up shell. You yeah. Know? Um, but before that, what was your history like? Had you been in a lot of relationships? Uh, two. You know, first one was um, – uh, God, uh, two years. Second one was uh, like two and a half years. Yeah. And were there any patterns that you noticed or anything like that? Not really. I mean, the first one was a college girlfriend, and the second one was, uh, you know, my Chicago girlfriend, I guess I'll call her, when I lived there. Yeah. So, but, you know, both awesome people. I will say, like, I've never had a and – I, and I did, I did have someone before this last girlfriend who I would see, like, off and on where – and that was that was just like a toxic relationship where but it but it was like it wasn't exclusive but we would consistently you know hang out mm-hmm. you know and that's i wouldn't say it's like it's like it's one of those things where you put it down on paper like oh that was your girlfriend you know but it was like an open relationship or whatever but you never really discussed it well, except that's like that Mitch Hedberg joke what I is don't that? I don't have a girlfriend but I do know a woman who would be very angry at me for saying that that's funny yeah 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 it was kind of like that it was kind of like that but so, yeah, I mean, but before, I mean, I, you know, with the exception that before that, like, the, both those two girls were, like, were great. So. What was the, to- what was toxic about the toxic one? Oh, God. I can't even get into that one. Because it's just, it, 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 it was, it was bad on, it was bad on, on. I'm a veteran of toxic relationships. Okay. Well, it was, it, it was, it was bad on, on her part, which she wasn't as honest with me as, like, well, like, I don't care. I don't care if you're my boyfriend, whatever. You know? But. I was in a sense worse because I was like, oh, totally. She's cool with it. And in my heart of hearts, I was like, no, no, no. Her heart's in this. You know, you should get out. You know? So. This is actually something I have often wondered because mm-hmm. I've been her. Right. Um, you say in your heart of hearts, and no judgment. I'm just honestly curious. Yeah. yeah. Like, how deep was that heart of hearts? What Was it like. Is it kind of like you're like, if I'm being honest with myself, I probably knew? Or was it like <clears throat> you totally knew that she was not being – excuse me, something in my throat. <clears throat> my pain. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. It, was it that you totally knew that she wasn't being honest about what she wanted? Um, at first it was like off and on, but near the end I was like, oh, yeah, I know. You know, And it, and it is it's, – it's one of those things when you, you have – someone you're seeing that often like you kind of got to go all right like what are we doing you know not not to put any 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 rules to this crap but like you have to at a certain point go what is happening here like there was a girl that i was i'd seen in a couple dates um and it was a you know real you know casual thing but she kind of was like look we got to talk like what are we doing you know, and I was like, "Oh, that's someone who has like a enormous amount of self respect and self esteem. Who are those people?" Yeah, I know. No, it was, it was awesome, and we're still cool to this day. We're still really good friends. Oh, She's married. Then did you tell her we're not doing anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just because I, I didn't. I, yeah. I just saw us as, as as friends. You know, 
who, you know, she was like a friend who I was attracted to. And it didn't go – I didn't see a lot of future in it. But, it, you know, I, I was traditionally someone who would, who would always kind of say that. Like, I don't see where this is going, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, that's why this last breakup was so brutal. Or I'm just like, fuck, am I totally wrong? Am I doing it again? But it's like I now – I go to therapy once a week and stuff. So I have someone else to bounce. You that's know? good. They don't tell you – what you should do, which is a common misconception. Like my friends who don't go to therapy was like, was like, well, you can't get the answers. I'm like, I don't get any answers from him. You don't understand. Sometimes it's frustrating he, how much you don't get answers. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But rather he'd be like, here's what you should do. But yeah. it, it's, it's, it's just a person that makes me be honest with myself. That's really what it is, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, that, that is good. So is this the first time you've been in therapy? Uh, no, I, w- I was with someone before him, but... It was one of those things where I still – it's the weirdest thing. I went for a year and I just kept paying her every week. And she was licensed. I still have a license. But she'd be like, oh, yeah, your insurance will cover it. And at the end, their insurance is like, no, we don't cover her. What's she talking about? So I just stopped going to her. I never called her. I never asked for my money. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, screw it. Uh, also because she just was like, no matter what, it was just like, no – like, well, oh, God, I remember what she said. I remember I said like I, – I, I said something like – I just don't feel like, um, you know, any any of these people kind of work for me ever I meet in my life, like to date or whatever. And she's like, well, what if you're right? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can do no wrong with this woman. Like, I kind of wanted to go in there and, like, try stuff. Like, like you could talk to a like, mo- someone's mom look, if you want that. I just want to set fire to a hobo. Okay. Well, what if you found one then and no one would catch you? You know, like, what? You know, like, yeah. she's nothing I say is wrong. Whereas... Do you think that pers- was her tactic or she I, just, I mean, I'm probably overstating it. I never said anything that, you know, terrible. Like, of course, not that terrible. But like, you know, she was a big part of them is kind of like you should look at the bright side, blah, 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 here and there. But uh, her thing was always bright side. And my guy yeah. now is, is not. You know, he doesn't let me kick myself in the balls or whatever. But he also is kind of like, well, you know, you got to own up to this, you know, you don't kill yourself over it, but own it. Move on. You right. know, that kind of stuff. Good. You know, you need that. Yeah. You need that. I actually just recently changed therapist. I was seeing this woman who was, she's great, but sort of more of a like life coach, so to speak, hmm. in that not actually, I don't think she actually was certified, so she couldn't call herself a therapist, but she really was a therapist. Like, I've, I've been in therapy in and out for a while, so, huh. so I know from therapists. So she really was <laughs> therapisty. But um, I just sort of realized that like I was having there was some things that happened that I was having trouble getting over. And I'm like, why mm. can't I get past this? Like why when I think about it, I'm feeling the emotions that are as strong as when it happened and you'd expect it to fade in time. Mm. And when I talk about it with her, we'd kind of just talk about it and like a little bit removed, but I knew that it's like, no, like this is triggering really deep shit. Wow. And so now I'm seeing someone who's actually a psychoanalyst. I'm not doing analysis like where you lay on the couch and go four times a week or anything like we're just doing once oh, a week. Yeah. yeah. But just I can just tell like from the question she's asking, at least her orientation is to go like much deeper, uh, which ho- I'm hoping I'm hoping this will take. Hoping yeah. to just flush out the bad and then, you know, I'll be perfect in mm-hmm. like three weeks. That's how it works, right? Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. That's all. That's all. No, <laughs> that's I, what I, I understand. Yeah, I've been going to the gym like two weeks. Think I'm done. <laughs> think I'm done for life. Yeah. I think that's all I need. Good. All right. Well, to go back to the toxic relationship, just one more question I had. Okay. Um, 
So what was the reason that you didn't want to want anything like really with her, me? Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a cup. I would say two full, but it's a couple full. And there's probably stuff I wouldn't even, couldn't even think about. But it was like, you know, she was often horrifically mean to people. She was often, uh, it, not even realizing, almost had kind of a princess complex. Mm. And, um, you know, like the, the, I don't think she, almost like the, the, the popular girl in school complex, even though I don't know if she was or not, but I know she, She's the kind of people that kind of person that knew a lot of really famous people and stuff, and you know, um, at, at times she could be very just incredibly sweet, but other times just like you know brutally judgmental and yeah. incredibly unself aware and stuff. And I think now she's got herself a lot more together and stuff like that. And and listen, I was a fucking mess back then too, and you know, still am in a lot of ways. I'm not judging, but I know that in my own the history of situations like that, because my thing was I always liked a guy who never really liked me back as much as I liked him. Uh-huh. And then if there were nice guys who seemed to show an interest in me, I would kind of push them away. Or at least that's what people told me I was doing. Like, this guy's perfectly nice. That guy's perfectly nice. That guy's perfectly nice. Like, why don't you like them? And I'm like, I don't know. I just yeah. I need to go for this one who's never going to like me back because I'm fucked up. Yeah, no. But – the thing is, I was so afraid. It's like I didn't, you know, I wouldn't even go out with the the ones I wasn't interested in because I was so afraid to lead them on. Like that nah. was the thing. I was always so afraid to ever lead anyone on. And sure. yet these guys that I liked, I'm sure they knew I liked them way more than they liked me. And yet they like they didn't seem concerned about leading me on. So that was one thing I noticed. But the other thing was that sometimes – like. You know, in looking back, I'll have that thought of like, yeah, I was sa- I was trying to be, the, you know, the coolest girl ever and never really having any needs. And, oh, it's cool. You know, this doesn't I'm not going to expect anything from you. We can just, you know, whenever you, we hang out, whenever you want. Like, I'm not one of those girls who's going to be all demanding. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Wait, not going to be demanding. Oh, yeah. So sometimes I think but certainly they must like what you were saying. They must have known that I wanted more. Mm. Um, yeah, but. But, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily have wanted the guy to push me away or end it because he suspected I wanted more than I was totally. saying. Totally. And that's, that's, that's what I was that's trying to get thing. to. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm not burning down me or her. But it, it is that thing of, yeah, here's what I think I did wrong. But at the same time, you sort of, you maybe sort this of do didn't. have to take someone at face value. Yeah. Even though, like, you, yeah, you have to because, listen to your heart and take it at face and, value. And, 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 you know, you don't. Don't be a martyr about this shit and don't be someone who, who thinks they're all knowing. It's like, listen, right. I know what you want and I can't give it to that's you. That's super gross. The amount of, oh and my, presumptuous. And the amount, well, the amount of times, too, when, like, you know, I've had friends that are like, I don't know, you know, she's cool and fun, but I don't really want to, I don't see a relationship with her. And you're just like, hey, man, she just wants to fuck you and maybe hit a party with you a couple times, like a couple parties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what she told me. One of the things we're like, you know, I think guys definitely do that much more than 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 women. Where it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I listen. You should stay away because, and it's just like, oh god, you gotta live. Who cares if the two of you have a little fun and it doesn't lead to having a baby in a house? So what? You know, right? We're adults, right? We're adults. It doesn't really matter. So, yeah. And it, it's it's funny when you talked about. It made me think about how, like, there's that there's that stereotype of you know girls always liking the bad boys and stuff, and you know the the guy that you know I I think you 
like it, I think guys are like that too. Like they like the woman that's a little more distant sometimes and stuff, just because for some reason we think it's mysterious when someone's mm. a dick to us. You know, when it's just like, whoa, now she's interesting. It's like, yeah, but why you, is that? They never it's talk. so bad. I'm just it's saying, so self-destructive in a way. Well, but it's it's just interesting. Like you really, we all want to be liked, and if yeah. someone doesn't like us, we're like, why don't you like me? You know, uh, so. It, it it's I just think it's interesting that it's always women that get that rap. It's always women that are just like, oh, they like the right. Why do chicks like assholes? It's like you like bitches, man. You know, like you know, it, as long as it's kind of a, a not an overall thing. I mean, I don't think a woman likes a guy to walk up and slap her in the face. No, and I don't think a a, a, a guy likes a, a woman that just walks up and just sh- is shitty right away. But right. if she's distant and you look invisible to her. That could be the hottest thing sometimes to a guy. It's the weirdest thing in the world. You do know? you think it's about her or do you think it – because sometimes I think all of that is like if I set my – if uh, back in the day, if I set my sights – I was not conscious of it at the time. Set my sights on this – on the, that guy, the bad guy or whatever. It's like I'm buying a lot of time to mm-hmm. not have to have a real relationship and real intimacy and like all that stuff that really when I think about it, I wasn't ready for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But, or it could just be that aloof women are. Yeah, and I think I think it's just also it's just simple that we're kind of dumb. You know, we kind of are attracted to stupid things sometimes, and you know, you kind of have to just just like you know, I'll put it this way: a friend. You know, I, I use this uh, analogy uh, a lot, but a, a friend of mine who used to take a bunch of acid uh, was saying like, you know, if I see something really weird, like you know, I'm motor, I'm mountain biking and there's like a lizard on my leg with my grandma's face. I'll just go like, <laughs> I'll just go, it, yeah, it's just the drug. So, I, and I think that's, we all have that in us. We have these chemicals rushing through our bodies yeah. that are much worse when we're younger that make us do stupid things. Sometimes make us do smart things. But at the same time, sometimes when you're like, whoa, 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 like why, um, am I, you know, <laughs> what, what, like in man, in a guy's case, it'd be like, why am I? trying to fuck this girl so so much you know or like, why do i really want to fuck her fuck me so bad oh it's just a drug it's just mm-hmm. testosterone i need to calm the hell down you know yeah go to dumb. the bathroom take care of my business whatever it is right get a, get a clear head you know whatever it is and like i think it, sometimes with, with a woman when she's just like oh my god i'm so attracted to this guy but he's such an asshole it's like you kind of got to reel it in and go well let's back up I, you know? I remember when i was trying to get over someone um a friend of mine who I had also been involved with. <laughs> so now I'm trying to figure out the timeline of all of this. But he was very helpful. He's like, it's just chemicals. Yeah. And I was like, that's it, this aware this 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 rabid thing happening inside my brain will go, this will settle down. It'll go away. It's mm-hmm. just it's almost like an addiction. Yeah. It's oh yeah you know, for sure. So it does go away though. Um, but you know what's a really smart thing to do? What's that, Allison? Cook dinner with Blue Apron. I don't know if you know Blue Apron. I don't. But, oh, they are fantastic. What they do is they send you all the ingredients you need to make a meal in, and it's all pre-measured. So you don't do that thing where you go to the store and you end up buying too much and then not knowing what to do with the extra produce. Or you also don't have to do that thing where you're like, I actually would like to have something delicious and healthy tonight and I would like to make it, but I don't want to go to the store. I'll just order out or, you know, there's so many reasons that we end up not cooking for ourselves, but Mm -hmm. cooking and eating should be enjoyable. And if you're busy, health conscious, or just don't know your way around a kitchen, it can be stressful. And then cooking's a pain too, finally coming up with recipes, shopping for ingredients, et cetera, dealing with leftover produce that goes to waste. That is why you should just forget all that and get Blue Apron, take the stress out of cooking for just $9.99 
$1.99 per meal. They'll send you the right ingredients in the exact right proportions. Simple recipe instructions right to your door. Um, and, the, and the recipes are great. It's these cards, kind of cards that you want to save in some special card saving box with these big photos on them. So they make it totally idiot proof. Wow. Um, meals are between 500 and 700 calories per serving, which is way too low for how delicious they are. Um, cooking takes about half an hour. Shipping is always free. And they have really, really good stuff like uh, Parmesan basil chicken patties with braised Romano beans and barley, buttermilk fried chicken sliders with house-made pickles and coleslaw, grilled steak tacos with roasted salsa verde, all sorts of delicious stuff. Um, you cook incredible meals and be blown away with the quality and freshness. So you guys should end the stress of cooking right now. Go to blueapron.com slash Allison and get your first two meals free. That's right, two meals free just for going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Okay, so having no guest on your podcast, right? how did that decision come about? I just wanted to kind of get away from the thing where it, it, to me it was always um, – there were, there were way too many comedians invo- uh, uh, interviewing comedians, you know, um, and – I wasn't – I just didn't want to interview anybody and I kind of wanted to just have something that, that I just kept putting out there because it's like what? I put out an album or a special every like year and a half, two years, which – and there, there's, there's stuff that I have no control over in terms of content, which is you know TV guest starring stuff. Um, you know, I'm occasionally on, on Chelsea Lately, occasionally on At Midnight, but it's just like this is just something I control and that's mm-hmm. what I liked about it. And, it, and it, since it was – because it is, it doesn't have a guest. That's kind of why it has the, like the stupid name. Because I'm just ding donging around, you know. Like <laughs> it's not there's there's no pretension to it. There's there's is nothing. I'm just kind of like your buddy that just hops into into your car and talks to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And so you think about ahead of time. You sort of lay out the topics that you want to talk. Yeah, hit I didn't on. used to. Like the first couple episodes are pretty rough. Where but thankfully they're only 15 minutes. It was only until like a couple months ago I started doing the half hour because I did a double episode once and was just like oh. This is perfect because I keep running out of time mm-hmm. and going, oh, save this, th- save this thing, save this thing. Um, and I really liked um, – I actually didn't discover it until I started doing mine, but I really like uh, uh, Bill Burr's podcast. Like some people are like, oh, you're just ripping off Burr. I'm like, no, I, I didn't know about it. Um, but uh, you know, I, 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 I like that because I, I, you know, he's such a, an engaging person and you know, I have people that like listen to me. You know, talk about this, that, and the other. And I, my, my thing is, I just try to make it funny. I won't go as far to be like it's a new set every week or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But I do just talk about the the weird stuff that happened to me, like that every single week. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a little thing. And how'd you end up doing it with Ner- Nerdist? Yeah, uh, Chris Hardwick and I are old old pals. Uh, we known each other a couple of years, and it was one of those things like. You know, I actually talked to TJ Miller and was like, I was like, he's like, you think about doing it through a network? I was like, yeah, I don't really want to just put them out myself. I don't know anything about it. So I like Katie Levine, I had to go, all right, so what should I buy? What's the thing? You know, I had to go, you know, ask her everything because I didn't know anything right. about about how to, you know, put a, the whole thing together, how it worked or whatever, whatever. So how, do you record it at your home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you send her a file? Is that how you do it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I record it at my dining room table. Do you have a special... I'm guessing you probably don't have like special sound acoustic type God, stuff no. in your dining God, room. No. She works magic with it. You know, I, I thought like anytime I send, I li- you know, I put it on my iTunes and then I format it and then I send it. I put it in the Dropbox. But I'm like, I'm always like, God, it's recorded so low. Like, and then I finally, God, like weeks ago, like clicked on the actual site and was like, oh, it sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> like I keep wondering when people are going to, you know, send me a message like, you sound like shit, man. You know? <laughs> so, okay. So you're doing the podcast and you, you do all the stuff you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, like what's your, if you have sort of your dream showbiz 
job or mm-hmm. a project? What is that? Well, ideally, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't think I ever want to stop doing stand up. But um, you know, if I could do, I think like my own show and just you know, uh, help produce friends stuff too, and just collaborate with with all the uh, hilarious, intriguing people that I um, I started out with. I think that would be kind of the dream, mm-hmm. you know. Um, maybe do like a movie or two. I, I've I've written a you know screenplay that I, you know, been trying to get money for and stuff like that. So just it, 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 the thing is, there isn't like I, I think you, you probably would agree with this too. As entertainers, we there's there's never a point where you just go, that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did it. Right. It's, and it's not that not that it's about ambition or you know topping everybody else or anything like that. It's, or, or it's just. You know, There's always more. It's the journey, not the destination, is really that because there really isn't, right? You know, an, uh, a a real end game. I think there was a real kind of annoying trend uh, when I when I first came to Hollywood, where there were, uh, you know, and I was doing stand up in Chicago before I came here, um, where where they were a lot of people's evidently representatives, and I didn't have any representation back then, um, were telling these actors like, "Look, you're not getting in for the auditions." They're noticing a lot of stand-ups once you start doing stand-up. And so you go to these shows and there'd be like every like third or fourth person would be a really good-looking person. And you're like, you're garbage. Like what are you up there doing? You know. And it's like I felt like – and I understand it's ambition and you don't really understand the world. But you, you don't get, get – you don't want to get up there until you've kind of made your bones a little. You've right. done a lot of open mics and really found your voice. But you had all these guys just – Basically, trying to be Dane Cook, you know, and 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 that's not doc, that's not knocking Dane. That was just he was just their hero mm-hmm. back then. So uh, these are people who would do stand up, and if they booked a show, would never do it again. And that was always the thing. It was like, oh, that's gross. And I think of that like a lot of stand ups who, I mean, sometimes you just stop, and that's okay. But as long as you're still putting your voice on things, mm-hmm. you know, I think kind of a gross thing to do would be if I was just doing stand up and I got a job. Uh, on a on a on a whatever whatever show, just playing like, you know, let's say, um, you know, a, a doctor or something that's nothing to do with my life, and then I just I just decided not to do anything on my own ever again. Like that'd be just that'd kind of suck if I just cash checks off of that. Just like I'm just here to coast. Like I mean, I, I know people. I used to do commercials. I stopped. I actually stopped when I when I got Letterman because from there, I started getting uh, uh, road gigs. And I would have been – I mean I probably – who knows? I, I was doing pretty OK doing commercials back then and I might own a house by now if I still was doing them. But probably not. But uh, I just didn't want to do them anymore because you know they, they they pay the bills and it's great. But after a while, you're the guy in the Applebee's commercial. <laughs> you know That's where people see you because it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, t- a double-edged sword in a good way and a bad way. In a good way, it's not only a commercial for the product. It's a commercial for you if you're funny in the ad. You know, in a bad way, it's not only a commercial for the product; it's a commercial for you as that product spokesperson on some level. Well, that's and, like I'm thinking of Stephanie, the progressive ads. Yeah, and flow. that's been awesome for her, and she, and she can do a lot of other things. And I'm not knocking her at all. I'm not knocking anyone who ever does a commercial. But I know comedians who, uh, you know, just started doing commercials and and just don't they don't make an effort to go up anymore, or write anything of their own, or make anything of their own, and they're very funny. But they just do these ads, and it's just like, well. Full day's work. And I'm like, look, I've done commercials. It's not that hard. You know? Do you think that they are resting on their laurels or do you think that they didn't love it to begin with enough? Or is it just like it's I don't hard? Know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not and, – and, and listen, 
it's not so much my criticism then. If they're happy, great. I just wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. I would kind of – because I, I – you know, I almost fell into that trap. But, I mean, I was working a full-time job at the same time going out on these commercial auditions. So, sure, I didn't go up as often as I could. But, you know, I was tired. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Yeah. How often do you go up now? Uh, I try to go up a couple times a week if I can. It's tough in L.A. I'm, I, and, and, you know, um, it's – you know, it, 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 sometimes I just don't know what the what, – what shows are out there and stuff, but I'm just like so inspired by. There's a great New York Times article on Maria Bamford, who's a pal of mine, and she still does open mics. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't have the stomach, you know. But I'm sure there's fun ones that I don't know about, so maybe I should. The stomach? What do you mean? Just to sit there all night long in a in a shitty old bar waiting to do five minutes. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, you know. So, but you try out new material when you do your two shows a week. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You try to. Yeah. And then, like, when you go do a stand-up date out of town, is that – would that have new, new material that you haven't it, tried it, out? It would. Or? It would. But it would have a, a mostly stuff I know that's going to that's gonna hit, you know, because people are paying money. Right. You, it's not your time to mess around. Unless you're hitting a groove. You know, sometimes something happening that day that you start talking about and it's great. Because I think you should always tr- at least try to have a, a certain degree of immediacy to your act. Because it, it's – you know, I, I've said this – you know, a, a lot of times, but there was a book I was reading with a, where a defense attorney was just saying, like, the truth in court, it just sounds different. Like, you just know it when you hear it. Like, mm-hmm. that guy killed him. Like, oh, he's not lying. And I think people, if you're doing a, a joke you're obviously sick of, people can kind of tell. And sometimes you'll slip up and you'll just say something real and it'll get a laugh because people are like, oh, because that happened f- with us. Because, you know, the audience is as important as the comedian, you know? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's my, okay. That's my alarm. Oh, uh, no, I, I had it set for something else for that phone call that I made outside. I was like, okay, oh, yes. make sure you don't forget after the podcast. But I made it, so it's fine. Sorry about that. That's totally uh, okay. That was what uh, song was that? Uh, Al Jackson, "The Year of the Cat," folks. Um, so that was for you because <laughs> I'm I'm an idiot. I right, oh. turn that off. There, it's off. Oh, okay. okay do sorry. you like Do you like going on the road? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to pick and choose where I where I go now which mm-hmm. is nice you know i mean not go i'm going there you know they have to invite me they have to you know right. send an offer but uh yeah it's 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 great to just play places i you know i'm going to uh the improv in atlanta which is super fun atlanta's such a friggin' great town and then i'm doing uh the uh acme in minneapolis which is like one of the top five best clubs to me in the in the, in the country so i'm excited for about for both of them mm-hmm. you know so when so you did improv and then stand up? Yeah, yeah. What was that transition like? Um, it, uh, it's weird because I, I only did improv for about two years. Was that Second City? Uh, no, it was at, uh, Improv Olympic. Oh. It's now called IO because uh, the Olympics sued them. Um, I didn't realize that's why they changed their name. They got a threatening ladder. That's insane. Uh, it's so ridiculous. Like, come on, Olympics. No one's going to get confused. <laughs> right. Um, but I, uh, they had, I took all five levels – the last with Del Close, who basically invented improv, yeah. and like months before he died. And then they added a sixth level, and I was like, ah, I don't want to do it. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, because I don't want to spend the money, and I took levels one through five. And I was already on a team. So I'm like, no thanks. And they're like, oh, no. And you already trained with Del Close. Yes. I, who else is after him? I studied no under Yoda. Come on. So, <laughs> so Was he all that? He was amazing. Uh, he was very uh, uh, crotchety and you know, just kind of – 
you know, a, a, a little bit of miscreant and stuff. But when he would give you direction, you'd be like, oh, that's genius, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and just mostly really simple stuff, you know. Like if you know how to if you know how to dance, don't act like you don't know how to dance. You know, just simple stuff like that. Like use use your gifts. Right. But um, yeah. Anyway, so they they you know I was like I want I don't take the sixth class level. They're like oh it's no big deal. And then a month later I got a call. Well, uh, you're you're off the team. But if you take level six, you get to be on the team. Uh. And that's when I was just like I'm going full. To the dark side of the force, which was stand-up, you know, because uh, uh, stand-up and improv never – it wasn't like now where they're friends. Right. Back then it was like, you know, this is our side. That's theirs in well, Chicago. If I, and if I remember – and this was I don't probably not the same times, but it's like, oh, stand-ups, they can't listen and they're selfish. Yeah. I would agree with that sometimes. Yeah, They just absolutely. want the spotlight on them. They're yeah. not part of a team. Mm-hmm. That That's – how stand-ups were seen in the improv world. Of course. Well, there's there's negatives on uh, directed towards both. And then like, how were the improv improvisers seen in the stand-up world, or how were they? There was a stand-up in Chicago that'd be like, yeah, uh, I- improv comedy, great. My one bowl of stand-up beats your nine bowls of improv. You know, <laughs> uh, and, right? Because stand-up is refined. And it's, well, and it's and it's you don't you don't have to listen to to seven or eight people. You know, you're you're you're. You're taking a chance, but maybe you're taking more of a chance with an improv team because they're making it up as they go. Right. But it's just, I mean, there's goods and bads to both, obviously. I mean, that goes that goes without saying. But it, I, I just like that. That's one reason I started taking classes at Improv Olympic or excuse me, UCB uh, when they when they opened here in, in, in L.A., like when I first moved here. And uh, because they, they accepted both. And it was still a lot of animosity from like uh, improvisers towards stand-ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. But – they still they put up stand up shows, which was I was like, oh well, that's unheard of. Did you feel animosity, or did no, they not know you as a just yet? once, just once uh, being at a uh, at a at a theater meeting where I'd be like, um, he's like, any stand ups here? Yeah, I am, and I have a, and then just grumbling around me where I was like, oh, guys, you know, wow, yeah. What and kind of meeting was that? It was just a, stuff stuff as simple as if you park on the streets right by UCB, you know, just don't make noise, you know, because they had that little row right there in Franklin. Supposedly, all the businesses around them hated them. I don't think that's true anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think when they Scientologists were, like, were really cracking down, yeah. <laughs> they were right there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's across the street, thankfully. But birds was pissed; they weren't slinging enough chicken. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. These, these 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 broke improvisers were coming in and buying chicken wraps exactly, um, but yeah that 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 was like one time it wasn't like I really felt you know a lot of a lot of animosity you know not like Chicago. I think that if it were easier to get to UCB and this is people listening to this all over the world mm-hmm. we're talking about it one tiny block in LA mm-hmm. where it's impossible to find parking yeah I would go a lot more often is there some secret parking that I don't know about. Not that I've found because I used to live up the hill from that, yeah. just right up Beachwood. And I, I love UCB, but it's such a pain in the ass to get to, even from where I live, that I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I just made, I just, I, I never had a problem parking like three, four blocks away, you know. And I know that's, and I'm not sitting here going, yeah, walk a little, guys, cardio or anything like that. But I'm just saying, that's just, that's just why. Yeah, I, never I guess had that's problems. not a problem. I still have this like as a woman alone thing that. Oh, of course, I, of course, it's yeah. so easy for me. And do you get busted if you? Par- I mean, Gelson's is right there. Yeah, yeah. they'll they'll bust you. I've I have friends who have had that problem. And yeah. it's, How it's do not they necessarily. Know? It's not. I don't think it's necessarily about the walking a couple blocks because I've done that for, uh. for sure. But like, it's also about 
that intersection of like Franklin and Gower and all that bullshit at the time when UCB is going on, unless you're going to a really late show, is super congested as it is. Absolutely. So just, yeah. To yeah. get three or four blocks away can take you 15 minutes. It's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a good location in the sense of, you know, foot traffic and whatever, but it's to drive there is, is a pain in the balls. So mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I live relatively close, so it's not as bad for me, but yeah, it is. All right. We did a lot of stories. Well, I mean, not a lot of stories. A lot of talk about where to park if you go to UCB. <laughs> Let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? So this is where people send in things they think or do that okay. they wonder, is it just me or everyone? And then we say whether we also do this or not. Cool. So Kent Richard says, just me or everyone, when waiting for the ATM, everyone in the world takes longer than I do to do their business. Hustle up, people. Um, I don't find – I haven't found that to be the case that often because I don't find that I'm in line for the ATM very often. Hmm. If I'm going to the ATM, usually there's no one in front of me. Maybe it's because I usually go to the ATM at the bank. And yeah. there's like a few of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just been a while since I've been in line for the ATM. But in l- every other line in the world, yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, it it depends. Well, obviously it depends. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the thing that gets me when someone has like five envelopes. It's like how many accounts do you have? That you're putting all these different things in. And they have to put right. a, push a different button a different amount. You know, other other than that, uh, I feel I feel like that's. That's what I would. That's the message I'd send out to the world on this one. Is like if you're doing that, go at midnight. You know, go like or go like five in the morning. Right. You know, so people aren't just behind you. Like, come on, my yeah. kid wants an ice cream. Yeah, try to get I, a twenty. Ever since my ATM started learning like what I do, there's buttons. Like as soon as I right. put in my pin, and it's like your frequent transactions. So like I I am really fast, and I find the people in front of me, even if they're going relatively quickly, they piss me off. But I I will always. I've had a situation happen a couple times in the past few months where I'm in line and then there's a person behind me and I notice that I always, when I'm done with my business, turn around and kind of throw the person a glance like, see how it's done? And then I just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And they're like, who's that dick they're like, who just cool. finished up? that up? tall asshole giving <laughs> yeah. me a fucking weird look. A, f- a fun thing to do is, is just put the palm of your hand over the camera while you're doing it so the oh, people behind nice. you are like, what is he doing? <laughs> what that's <kind> great. <laughs> Wait, you have some kind of smart ATM that knows your – what bank do you go to? Wells Fargo. Yeah. I, I do. Like, it picks they, up I don't. Your, Mine doesn't do anything smart. I think it's like your two most recent or most frequent like things. Yeah. So, it's like so you when basically you, put your pin in and you hit it you and then that money comes out. It's like, so you want 200 bucks uh-huh. or whatever or whatever nice. the thing is. It's great. Yeah, it's That's pretty cool. handy. And they email receipts too, so there's none of that. Mm-hmm. For that shit that I have. Yeah. I have the email yeah. and receipts, but I did, it doesn't know what I did last. Okay. Mark says, I never feel quite so uniquely futile as when I'm trying to use my finger to get a, to get a hair off of my tongue. Um, in general, trying to get hairs off of things. I feel futile when I'm trying to get a hair that's trapped in my lip gloss. I'm trying to get it off without messing up my lip gloss or getting lip gloss on my fingers. I'm sure you guys know that one. Yeah. Also trying to get a hair – like if when I feel like there's something in my eye and then trying to find it. Well, I think the thing about a hair in your mouth is is that it's it's like you think it's gone. It's not gone. Like it's <laughs> it over and over and over. You're like, Bleh. oh, God, it just moved. <laughs> you know, like you just – you won't notice it until like later in the day or something like just some – you know, because hairs are just this this nearly transparent thing. Right. You know? Yeah, that's the worst. 
It's the worst. Jessica Williams says, hate when I'm at a four-way stop, it's my turn, and someone gives the go-ahead wave. I don't need your permission. It's my turn. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. That that and um, uh, 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 it's the same principles like when you're when you're on a bike and you stop and it's like there's a car and the car's like, go ahead. It's like, no, just go. It's going to take me long and longer to – Get right. past. It's like I want you to go because you're the you're a car and you're fast. Yeah, because you're going to feel so much pressure. Get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need. To, yeah, but that is funny when it's it's your turn. And the person's like, nah. <laughs> uh, it's, I'll, yeah. I'll let you go. It's like, <sighs> yeah. Do you bike? Do you bike a lot? Uh, no, not really. But I just remember I just that was always a pet peeve of mine because it's it's someone thinking they're doing you a favor and they're just not. Right. They're just not. I recently have found myself in the position of driving behind someone on a bike and they're not even making an effort to get over. Like mm-hmm. as if they're really just a car and now I'm in a lane and we're going 10 miles an hour. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing I can do because mm-hmm. obviously I'm I'm too nervous to try to pass them. Right. Even Actually, even if they're pretty far over to the right, if I'm not 100% sure I can you know go past them without hitting them, I'm not going to. So I'm just going to be driving at 10 miles an hour. Right. Sure, sure. So Sarah Bieber says, I make a shopping list on my phone, but I always try to see how much I can recall from memory before I check it. Oh, that's like a fun thing to do, but mm. I don't actually do that. I check my lists on my phone all the time. Yeah. Well, what I do is I think I won't need a list, <laughs> and then I go to the supermarket hungry, and then I, I just – I ruin myself. Um, that is like – that's like one of my favorite things to do is go to the supermarket hungry. Ugh. I know it's so, so stupid and that's bad. That's okay. It's the most exciting thing sometimes to me. You know? I feel like that's the place – my husband and I, we don't have a lot of hobbies, but we go to the grocery store way too too often. Maybe not way too – I don't know what the appropriate amount of time is, but you I feel wild like – wild and crazy kids. I know. <laughs> I don't know how it's turned out that that's like our main hang. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I, I loved being in a relationship and going and shopping. Just shopping for what you're going to eat that night yeah. is the bomb. That's awesome. But no, I don't really – Hmm. no, I'll check it all the time. Because if I've if I have a list that I've remembered to bring, I'm just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm proud of oh myself. My if I've if I've gotten to the point of making a list, I'm like, fuck yeah. Hey. And I a lot of times I'll write it out and bring a pen, yeah, mm-hmm. so I can cross shit off. Hey, me too. Me I too. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's I like a, that way it's a better. Sense of accomplishment. Yeah, and I'll 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 yell out the stuff I have left. I'm like, what did I forget? Bananas. Oh, you're the guy at the Ralphs that bugs me. Trader <laughs> Joe's. I'm always at. Tra- <laughs> Bonzer says. I still get excited when I see toys my parents wouldn't buy me at a store, like Nerf guns or those tiny electric toddler cars. Huh. Yeah, mm. I don't do that. No, I don't think I do that. I but get I, excited to go into stores and buy the most ridiculous Nerf guns for my nephew. <laughs> that's cool. That's fun. Uh, that's, that sounds fun. That's really fun. Yeah. And I do, I, I, I do sometimes, if I see something that I'd be like, I would love as a kid, I'm like, where was this? Right. This awesome thing. Yeah, because like, they're like super soakers and all the crazy stuff the kids have. Yeah. Do you remember when going to a toy store was like the best thing ever? Oh, yeah. The best place ever to go? Yeah. Yeah, you'd see like a Toys R Us ad and get like a craving in your stomach. Right. Like, oh. I mean, it was like Christmas coming. Mm-hmm. For me, going to, there was, so Gary and I grew up in the same area. Okay. Let me and the guess. two. Toy boat? On Coast Highway? Uh-huh. There was that one. Yeah, that was, there was two main <laughs> ones. There was that one. thought that's where you grew up. Like, what? <laughs> toy Where's boat? Toy boat? <laughs> that's like outside of Boston or something? <laughs> The crazy thing about Toy Boat is that – did you ever – they have like a ledger that kids sign. Yep. And I forget how it happened, but I was on the phone with them looking – I was trying to find something. 
Um, and I was like, I think I used to shop there when I was a kid. And they looked it up, and I had signed it when I was a little kid, too. This is interesting only to me. Anyway, no, there was also a Carl's at Fashion Island. That's true. Um, but I, it was in a different location than it is now, I think. Uh, is it still there? I don't think so. I don't think it's still it's there. It's in a different location than it probably was when you yeah. would have gone there. Okay. Just Dawn's. But I will say, I don't get excited when I see them, but there were certain toys that I couldn't have. Like toys, they're, like those women who are listening will know what I'm talking about. It was like a bust of a woman or a girl, and it had, and you could style the hair and put makeup on it. Oh, Does yeah, this, I remember that Do you one. remember that? I don't know if they have anything like that anymore. Um, American Girl Dolls. Yes, those are. It's been replaced That's, by American Girl dolls. Yes, they, they cost like a thousand dollars more than what you had. <laughs> right. I don't think I ever. I don't know if I ever had one though. Anything that was super messy, my mom wouldn't want me to get. Mm-hmm. And I think that anything like that, like with makeup everywhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that was the weirdest toy the girls had. I was like, it's your own head to play with. It's not your own head. It's someone else's. No, no, head. but your own head you own. Yeah, it's someone exactly. else's head that you just keep in your room and you comb the hair. Exactly. Grow up to be a serial killer. <laughs> You can make one homemade. Yeah. Just Dawn says, there's something particularly creepy or sad about an ice cream truck playing Christmas music in the summer. There's something creepy and sad about just an ice cream truck playing music. A friend of mine used to drive an ice cream truck, and uh, you can pick, um, you know, Farmer in the Dell, uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, or The Entertainer. He's like, just never pick Pop Goes the Weasel, because it's too short of a melody, and it'll drive you insane. You they know, all that was will, his but yeah. But yeah, Christmas in the summer, that, yeah, that would be really depressing. And you know it'd be like a, a shitty one, like right. a beat up ice cream truck, barely hanging on. You know. Have you seen super nice ones? I feel um, like all of them are that. You know, quality. I just imagine there's got to be ones in like, in like you know some 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 Tony or suburbs right. that are nice. I'm just ima- I don't know. Maybe they're all crappy and beat up, but it's like a brand new minivan ice mm-hmm. cream truck. Yeah, renewable energy. Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Or Loran says, panic when I see scratches and dents on my car, but then get closer and realize they're only shadows and reflections. I had a panic attack yesterday when Kaylin walked into this room and said, there's a ding on your car door. Ugh. And I, li- I almost ran. <laughs> like he was. Oh, you were running. He was sauntering behind <laughs> me to keep up. What was it? It was like some, some yellow something like pollen or something, but it was, you know, it was a gash. Uh-huh. No, wow. It, I rubbed it out. It wasn't a big deal, but it scared the shit out of me. The way my car's windows are set in in them, when you I look at it from a certain angle, it looks like my whole window's broken. And it's like it's happened to me. I've had this car maybe three years, and it, it's happened to me several times that I've been like, oh, my window. Someone broke. Nope. Like, I fell for it again. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I, on my back quarter panel, if that's what it's called, that is, right? Mm-hmm. There keeps being a scratch or a something there, but then, like when I get really close, I can rub it out. Usually, I saw that today. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up to you because mm-hmm. it, because of Kaylin bringing it up to me and how well, much it gave me anxiety. There actually is a little chip or a little dent there, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know when it happened, and I don't, and it, I haven't hit anything, so it wasn't me. I think it was an Oliver. It's my dog. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think it was a valet. Actually, that's the only yeah. thing that makes sense. Wouldn't shock me. Um. I hate giving my car to valets. Now I hate – well, once I realized, I was like, fuck, because I realized pretty far after it happened because it's a – I don't know why, but I kept looking at it thinking – for some reason I saw it and thought it had been there for a while and thought that it was just dirt. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I looked closer and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not dirt. So it's like I, I can't place when it happened. But anyway, 
Also, there's like these little scratch, not scratches, but smudges and things. And I was like, what keeps happening? And finally I realized I'm backing into a plant. Uh, like or just rubbing along the side right. of a plant. Yeah. I think that's what it must be, but that's not what the dent is. Like yeah. the dent is something actually got fucked up. Can yeah. I give you two a tip and Please. all the listeners? If you ever meet a valet or somebody who was a valet earlier in their life, don't ask them for stories. Because I made that mistake, and now I am mortified to get my car to a valet. Oh, man. Because, you know, I, I met a kid who, who was probably my age, and he was a valet from, like, 16 to 18. And I was like, well, tell me some stories. And, oh, my God, the fucked up shit that he told me. Yeah. Just, like, in terms of car? In terms of just, just destroying and disrespecting people's cars and Ugh. taking them for joy rides while they're at dinner and, you know, doing 360s and dropping it into gear after revving it up in neutral to, like, 6,000 RPM and, like... It's just terrible, terrible shit. Wow. Well, I mean, if, if Ferris Bueller's Day Off has taught us nothing. <laughs> I saw which, that documentary. You know, let's be honest. Okay, yeah, it's, a, it's a really good documentary. <laughs> Thomas, Whatever happened to that kid? Thomas says, kick, oh, speaking of, kick the tires on my car periodically as if it will tell me something about the condition of the rubber. Hmm. I never really thought of kick the tires as being a literal way to check anything with your tires. It's, it's kind a, of like the the male old wives tale, yeah. you know that we that's been around since our our dads did it. Like See, a thing. Kicking the tire just makes me think I'm going to fuck my shoes up. Right? <laughs> Is it? It's yeah. It's, what, what what could it possibly tell you? It feels I, good. It couldn't tell me anything because I don't fucking know anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about cars, but yeah, it's uh, I, I just like how it feels kicking a tire. Do you actually do it? Uh, sometimes we yeah. should ask Adam. I've done it before. It's satisfying. Yeah, it's a nice right? it's a nice bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a tiny trampoline for your foot. Now I want to go kick my tires. It's fun. those shoes, you could. I was always horrible at soccer. Like, of all the sports I wasn't good at, soccer was the one I was the most not good at. So I feel like I would end up... Really? Oh, yeah. I I, mean, no no eye-foot coordination. So I feel like I would just end up kicking my hubcap. Just don't uh, try to do a header. Don't don't try... (laughs) Just don't do it with your head. On my tire. No. Don't do that soccer move. Are you good at soccer? No. No, I was I was always a, a defender when I was a kid, which is the big slow kids. That's where they put them in that position when I was yep. like, uh, you know, in grades what three through six or something. Are or you guys the same six. height? How tall close. are you? Yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. How tall are you? Six four, six five. There you go. And lastly, Lisa says I divide people into two groups: those who like Seinfeld and those who don't. Um, I could see that. I don't. I don't do that, but I could see making that distinction yeah I'm who all, doesn't like Seinfeld that's my though? thing who doesn't like Seinfeld people well I don't know yeah I've ne- I don't think I've ever met someone that's just like nah you know I can see someone who's like that there's really people about no matter how popular something is they're like ah I've never been that crazy about it it's funny but so I, I still categorize that person as liking th- it I'm, that's how homogenous my circle has become I guess mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who doesn't like it no me neither see I, I, I do and I found out after they had been friend, we had been friends for a decade. Do I know this person? No, wow. and it just no, you don't. And it was, it threw me like it made me yeah. step <laughs> back and like yeah. reassess. And, like so obviously weird. the person's not going anywhere, but I was like, really? Like, but I respect your opinion on almost everything else. Like, what the fuck? What happened to you? And it wasn't like I, I still I think it's funny. It's just not for me. It was like I don't I don't like it. Wow. And I was like, really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Is a person like they don't like sitcoms in general? No, oh. they, I respect their comedic, their oh. comedic opinions too. They just—that's just hard to. I, it, at a certain point, I like because I, I was—I spent a half hour trying to figure this out, <laughs> trying to like get this monkey off my back, and then yeah. I realized I had to just like 
step back and never talk to this person about it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just a stance. That, that's how much I can't imagine someone not thinking it's funny. Is that right. I feel like it's just a stance they're taking. I kind of just reactionary. I kind of decided that too. That they were that that was kind of their like hip defiance. Yeah. I know no one else holds this opinion, so I'm going to. Yeah. But that's a real just me or everyone. I can't imagine anyone finding Seinfeld not funny. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, put it this way, it, it takes all kinds. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's always, you know, I've got a couple friends who are like, I don't like the, I don't like the Beatles. And I'm just like, well, I'm okay. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, and it, I, I, it's, it's just, it's just, thank God it's just taste. I think I was trying to go through my head of like, okay, what would you dislike about Seinfeld? And it's like, I can see if you got real stoned in college and someone was like, God, his voice is annoying, and started doing a, 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 yes. a, an exaggerated Seinfeld. Well, there's Watch this, the deal right. with not Like doing that. Mm-hmm. And then every time you watch a show, you notice it so much that you're just like, oh, God, stop. Right. So that'd be. Well, I know people if who that are bother like. bother you, it never bothered me. They're all horrible people. They're so unlikable. But yeah. I'm like, but that. You, you're watching for something else then. Well, well, and, and that's the f- one funny thing about it, too. I mean, that's yeah. one of many funny things. It's like the, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, they're terrible people. But that it's hilarious. Love. Yeah. It's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't have to know them. I don't want to. No. I don't want to know anyone. Maybe Kramer I would hang out with, you know? But, like, the, the rest of it is just kind of this every man for himself thing all the time. But it's great. See, I've known people, two guys, uh, who disliked friends, but then finally they admitted, they because they, it's on all the time, so they yeah. watched it. And they're like, okay, it's actually pretty funny. And then they both separately got into Friends. Ah, that's funny. Where do you stand with Friends? I think Friends is good, but I just put it a good. I, I was always, you know, I was kind of that knee-jerk person who was just like, because it was, you know, that was the... It was ubiquitous, yeah. The, well, it was the Seinfeld, a Seinfeld imitation that stuck. Because back then, when Seinfeld was just blowing up, there were all these shows about oh, just a bunch of... I never thought of they, it as a, as a Seinfeld and imitation. Fact, and it's, it's, it's not, but it is. But and you're it, right. And it's... Group of Friends in New York. Group of Friends in New York. And they, the name is just Friends. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me <laughs> with that name? You know, this show's called Sitcom. So, but... <laughs> right. but but that said, everybody on it is hilarious, and the show is really funny and stuff. I just, I just never really watched it. I probably have haven't seen Jesus, you know, I don't know, two thirds of the of episodes oh, of Friends. You should go watch them. I, I always I'm have jealous. that. Always have that. Um, I will admit, in some of the late, like the very, very late seasons of Friends, it got it was the kind of thing where I was like. Who are who's writing this now? And I wish the people who had written the early episodes knew what was happening to the show uh-huh. and to the characters. Like it just got very broad, and it felt like people who were trying to write. I'm trying to explain it, it was like people who were trying to write what they th- think of who the the characters are based on having read earlier episodes, but it. It's not really making sense what I'm saying. It was just too much a caricature of who the characters were, not mm-hmm. who I think, who I thought they were. Right, right, right. Sure. <laughs> it wasn't my Joey. Yeah. But speaking, <laughs> speaking of excellent programming, you guys have heard me talk about Hulu. You probably heard, you, you, you know Hulu. You've used it on your computer. But Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch shows on your schedule. And they have a ton of shows. They have all the current season episodes of your favorite shows like Modern Family, Bones, Revenge. 
at midnight, the show that both Matt Bronger and I have been on. Matt Bronger is going to be on. By the time you hear this, Matt Bronger was just on. You're I'm just need, on there. You're going to need to go to Hulu Plus <laughs> to see him, Parks and Recreation. Um, and then they have every episode of shows like The Housewives of New Jersey, Ugly Betty, Seventh Heaven, The Good Wife, American Dad, Law and Order, SVU, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, South Park, so, so many shows. Hulu Plus works on your computer, Smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, pretty much any streaming device you already own. You can even watch it on your phone or tablet on the train, at work, at the dentist, on the toilet. I like to, I, the whole thing for me about Hulu Plus is I'm like, I never have to be bored in line ever again. I'm getting a car wash. I never have to sit there and think, this is so boring. It's taking forever. We talked earlier about being in line at the ATM and feeling like, why won't that person just hurry up with Hulu Plus on your iPhone or your tablet or your what have you. You'll be happy for people to take a while because you'll be totally uh, involved in whatever you're watching. And with Hulu Plus, you're in total control to stream uh, as much as you want, whenever you want, for only $7.99 a month. Get your shows anytime, anywhere. But right now, I'm offering a special offer for you guys, my listeners. Get a free two-week trial when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Allison. That's a whole week extra for free. So make sure to use the HuluPlus.com slash Allison link so you get an extended free trial. And they'll know that we send you sent you. Or you can go to the HuluPlus banner on my website. Um, click that. Uh, again, HuluPlus.com slash Allison or the banner, and then you will get your two-week free trial, and they will know that we sent you there, and then they'll be like, oh, we love her. And that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> okay. Matt Bronger, thank you so much for being on my show. Thanks for having it me, Allison. This wonderful. was a lot of fun. This, this was, was really great. Cool. So people can follow you on Twitter or where? Uh, at Bronger. So at B-R-A-U-N-G-E-R, and they can go to Matt Bronger, M-A-T-T-B-R-A-U-N-G-E-R.com for all my dates and stuff. I got the uh, uh, Bronger is Coming tour uh, going on the rest of the year. So uh, go on there and see if I'm coming to where you live. All right. And if they want to listen to Ding Donger with Matt Bronger. Yep. Go to the Nerdist uh, uh, podcast uh, thing or just or just if you Google Ding Donger, I come up. Like, I think there's no one else doing that. There's, <laughs> so there's, does anything else unfortunate come up? There's, no. Well, maybe if you just put dongs, you know, or donger. But uh, uh, there's a lot of ding-dongs. Yeah, probably ding-dongs by themselves would be the one you don't want to Google. Yeah. You know? Or you do. Make whatever. Sure that, make sure that er is in there. Yeah, do the er. <laughs> yeah, make it, make it a, an action someone's doing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We have a special ringtone that's available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need this. Get it by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. Um, we get all sorts of people tweeting us, telling us that they left their phone on in a what have you. And, you know, and that was a ringtone. And then that started a conversation with someone else who happened to recognize it from the show. So see, you can make friends, perhaps fall in love via this ringtone. We have two special bonus episodes available record- recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. Uh, the first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops, and then the other one with Doug Benson and much of the Thursday gang. If you listen to the Thursday episode of this show, which is it comes out Mondays and Thursdays, uh, many of the topics that we discuss on the Thursday show got their start on that special live bonus episode. So you can get those uh, by searching in the comedy album section of iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. 
And you can email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F, at adamcarolla.com. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show, Matt. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Now that the show's over, don't forget to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. Go to blueapron.com and see what's on the menu this week. To get your first two meals free, make sure you go to blueapron.com slash allison. That's blueapron.com slash allison.